And we are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Stay out, Casey Street, boy, you can't take the heat. I said, stay out, Casey Street, boy, you can't take the heat. You got to stay out, Casey Street, boy, you can't take the heat. Cold like Kansas City. Cold like Kansas City. It get cold like Kansas City. Cold like Kansas City. If you can't take the heat, better stay out, Casey Street. You need to stay up out these streets if you can't take the heat. Cause it get cold like Kansas City. Stay out, Casey Street. What's up, Kansas City? This is Ruben Ortiz. Waking up this morning, and that's my latest single. Cold like Kansas City. Cold like Kansas City. About to blow it up. Blow up the spot. Hey, your boy's got skills, I know. And so, this is the morning after the podcast with Jeremy Danner. And this is kicking off the new year for the KC Social. We actually scheduled this one. We actually had our questions prepared ahead of time. I want to give a shout out to Ryobi Tools or Ryobi. Ryobi Tools. Ryobi Nation rocks. Great products. Great consumer level products with professional results. If you're looking to start your tool collection, get down to Home Depot and get you some Rayobi tools, Rayobi Nation Rocks. I have their drivers, their vacs, their batteries. Their... I have a garage door opener that's Rayobi, okay? So I'm fully fully immersed in Rayobi Nation. I always say Ryobi, though. I think it's okay to say Ryobi, but I think they say Rayobi. At any rate, get you some. Next podcast will be with Vu Radley from Made. Urban Apparel, they're the guys that make all the KC branded cool shit that you're seeing, all the rappers and and movie stars wearing that have affiliations with Kansas City, the KC made Urban Apparel dudes will be at their shop and we're going to chop shop and see what makes that guy tick and where he gets his creative influence from and just an overall view into the world of made Urban Apparel. That's January 25th podcast check it out and as always all our links can be found at kcsocial.net barley's kitchen and tap in shawnee are hosting torn label on january 23rd you're not going to want to miss out on these tap takeover exclusive old believer imperial stout quad tucky barrel aged quad oscar pills and gustaside imperial ipa that's january 23rd torn label exclusive tapping and then turn around on january 30th and head straight back to barley's kitchen and tap and try the son of baptist big bad baptist big bad baptista and triple barrel baptist from epic brewing company they're having a takeover on january 30th at the same spot barley's kitchen and tap 
January 23rd and January 30th. Get you some, man. And finally, last but certainly not least, before we get into this podcast, Hip Hop's Hooray, the celebration of craft beer and music, August 11th, 2018. Look it up on Facebook, Hip Hop's Hooray, the celebration of craft beer and music. It's never too early to get your year scheduled out, and August 11th will be an epic time. Shout out to my man, Woody Bonds, and let's get into this podcast. What's up, everyone? This is Ruben Ortiz. We're here live at the Boulevard Beer Hall, and I just had to witness an awkward moment with Corey and Jeremy Danner where... Wasn't awkward. Corey was uh, trying to trying to say if if Danner had remembered him from a no. previous time they had I met didn't and he didn't. Him to remember me. It's been like six years. I didn't expect him to remember you either, bro. I know he and he didn't, so we're both <laughs> right. <laughs> nah. So we're here with Jeremy Danner, and we've been looking forward to having this uh, podcast for a while now, man. So I'm I'm glad. Thank you, man, for having us come down here and chat with you for a bit. And I'm actually drinking. Bourbon Barrel Quad, the BBQ is awesome, and they're having where we get to take home another glass, which yeah. my wife will appreciate. My wife, too. She 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 wishes I could get more beer glasses. She loves it when I come uh, yeah, home with she? more more <laughs> more glassware. Uh, so, Jeremy, what's up, man? How's it going, bro? It's good. No, I'm glad we were able to finally figure it out, and having Bourbon Barrel Quad on draft, I think, will only help the conversation that's sure, right so. yeah, that's what i thought too <laughs> I, I ordered two beers so i have a i have our city market cider and then i have uh flora obscura so oh, i'm gonna yeah. alternate between the two both uh new releases from boulevard right yeah city market came out uh maybe a couple months ago and then flora obscura just dropped this week uh starting in kansas city that'll be in other markets probably you know it's tough to nail down release dates outside kc but but we'll know it's usually a couple weeks three weeks after a beer drops here it's it's in other markets Right and on. How, how many states is Boulevard in now? We're in 39 states now. So we're in 39 states and the District of Columbia. And then we're in a handful of European countries and we're actually in, um, we're in Brazil now. So, oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. So, um, when, do you, when do you get to go to Brazil? To yeah, help? right. I know. I, I always like when we're, when we're ready to go to Hawaii, like, let me know. I'm the guy. Yeah, <laughs> for sure, right? I'll go moment's notice. You don't even have to tell me. I'll <laughs> figure it out. Um, you know, and before we get too far ahead of ourselves, like, you know, every everyone already knows who Corey is. You know, he's a, the LeVar Ball of podcasting. Am I the LeVar Ball? <laughs> Sorry. Do you want that, that much of a jackass? <laughs> is that a good I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just messing with him. <laughs> and, and so um, you, you want to give a – so you're the ambassador brewer of Boulevard, which, by the way, sounds fucking awesome. It's a I'm cool out. title. It yeah. sounds yeah, important. Yeah, is, right? You should be in a, sh- cert- a shirt and tie. but It sounds important and kick-ass at the same time. Yes. You know, so it's the – and you're a brewer and you're an ambassador, all for Boulevard, bro. Come on, man. I would say What's that my title that? Is, is definitely more kick-ass than it is important. Um, <laughs> I'm, you know, there, there are times, I think, because I'm so visible, people uh, assume that I make a lot of decisions for the brewery, which is not true. Um, I'm, I'm happy to just be a worker bee. I have kind of in my role worked up where I have um, some degree of influence. You know, I, I get to offer my opinion on a lot of things, and sometimes it's taken, sometimes not so much. But... Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't characterize myself as important at all. Just kind of lucky to be here. But you are. But in in a sense, to most people, you are the face of Bullet. Like if someone, yeah, if they put a, a, a hundred pictures and you asked, you know, let's just say BTKC Beer Tasting Kansas City, for example, and they said who works at Boulevard, 
they would probably be able to name oh, for you sure. and nobody else. Yeah. So they definitely yeah. know me today. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, uh, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll, no. we'll get to that later. No, no but I can't that's, wait. <laughs> that's no. It, it's it's good. I I agree with you. And, cool. And, and that's all that matters. He's the LeVar Ball of podcasting. No, yeah. LeVar Ball would disagree with him just on principle. But, you know. <laughs> See, he knows. He knows all the ins and outs of it because he's trying to adopt his personality. No, I'm just <laughs> now, my, my, no. Son, my son isn't good enough at basketball, but that's all right. Um, so how long have you been with uh, Boulevard? You know, actually, I'll hit. Um, I started part-time uh, Boulevard in mid-January of 08. I think it was January 18th was my first day on the smokestack bottling line. And then I went full time as a, I became a brewer at Boulevard on uh, March 31st is my start date. So kick ass, almost man. ten years now. Okay, wow, it's crazy. That's awesome. So I'm I'm going to come clean because uh, uh, when I, I I would say about three years ago I didn't like you, but I had never met you. <laughs> and and a lot What's of your my friends that I didn't like what you said. No, I didn't <laughs> like him. No, it's good, man. It's good. But everybody grows. We all change. It. So yeah. I, I mean, I just want to come clean because my friends know that, you know, sometimes. Reuven didn't like me when he first met have, me either. So there you go. I uh, When I would see, you know, and your approach was different, you know, at, at, in the beginning. And we sure. could talk about how that's developed. My, yeah. Mine was. Every, I've that's grown what, up a little bit. And, and, and the thing is that uh, sometimes we don't allow people to – we, th- we want to box them in once we think we, we realize who they are. But I've come, you know, full circle on that. But, like, at different parts, I thought – I thought some of your shit was whiny. I thought, you know, when it, you were arguing with people, I, I, I didn't get it because I think there was a little bit of contention. It was more, but it was on both sides. Sure. But I, I t- it was easier to take the side of the consumer than it was for, and so maybe at different beer parties, I may have said that you were a whiny bitch. I want to say that only because. <laughs> no, I appreciate it, man. No, I'm not cool, only yeah. saying that because some of the guys are listening like, oh, fucking look at Reuven, you know, just. And we're going to do a DNA test later just to. But I didn't do it all the time. I'm not yeah. the father. Yeah. No, I didn't do it all the time, but I just want to say that, you know, and my approach is, and I've since, now that when I see more than nine times out of ten, I agree with your he, response he's to a like boy. dumb, <laughs> what I consider dumb comments from people who are just wanting to shit on a beer for whatever reason. I don't know if they're yeah. trolling or what it is that they're doing, but. You know, a lot of times it's just it seems, you know, it's a misinterpretation of the style. It's it's not maybe what they like, but so they're they're just kind of blanketing it. And the bad thing about that is that the average consumer who doesn't who may not know a lot about beer will just assume that that person may be correct. Right. Right. And and they won't try a beer that they might like. That yeah. is a kick ass beer in the style. So I just wanted to get that. out no, of No, I, I appreciate that. Man. Yeah. I think to, to speak to that, um, I think maybe. I think how long, maybe two or three years ago, I, I had a very conscious moment where I was like, you know, maybe this isn't the way to go about things. Um, I've always been very outspoken. Um, people around here refer to me as an opinion on legs, which is, I mean, that's kind that's of part awesome. of my job is to offer my view on things. But um, for me, in, in my brain, and I know that a lot of people don't function this way, everything is very black and white for me. Everything is, it's, it's right or wrong, it's yes or no, it's black or white. So it's, um, it's tough for me to exist in those gray areas but but what i had to realize and this is something that i think a lot of beer professionals and even beer drinkers need to realize is that um everything is kind of cyclical in beer i mean i can remember uh 15 years ago before i you know worked in a brewery and before i really you know thought i knew things about i thought i knew things about beer before i actually knew things about beer i was that guy too you know i was that guy who would sit at a bar drinking a Sierra nevada pale ale and if the guy next to me ordered a coors light i'm like man what's this 
this Jack Wagon doing? Why would <laughs> why on earth would he drink that? But he drinks that beer because it tastes good to him, and it's it's a well made beer, and that's what he likes. And who am I to judge another person based on what they drink? Yeah. So I, I, I realized that years ago and got out of that. But then on the brewing side of it, I, I think um, if you look at Twitter especially, um, and, and what gets attention on Twitter is conflict. And I think there's a difference between um, honesty and having, like, real discussions. That's and right. Then, and then just looking for conflict. And if you hunt out conflict on Twitter, you can find it every day. It's, it's there and it's possible. But instead of trying to, you know, make – make things contentious i wanted to have friendly critical conversations and it, it's still tough because i think and let me know if you want me to stop talking about this but no no, 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 no. i found yeah i found one of the scariest things that you can say online to someone is i respectfully disagree with you and here's why and people just lose their minds you know, like, <laughs> like no it's too it, rational it, for right. the internet <laughs> like you know this isn't it's not a personal attack i just i have a you know a difference of opinion with you on this and, and here's why and i think um Oh, there's some there's some meme where it's like I'm calmer than you, bro. I'm like that's what I've tried to to do is be calmer than you, bro, and and really <laughs> nice. realize that um, people aren't gonna in the same way that people aren't gonna agree to drink craft beer because we tell them that what we think they're drinking isn't um, as good as craft beer or what they should be drinking. I I can't just charge into something and say you're wrong and here's why, man. You have to. I, I think I've softened up a little bit, and I think I've also. I matured a little bit, and people listening to this, especially people that I work with, are going to laugh, and that's fine. Um, <laughs> but we'll we'll laugh together because I know it's I know it's laughable. But I think I've I've tried to grow up a little bit and be a little more um, conscious and deliberate, not only in the way I represent myself, but also in realizing that the things that I say online, um, for better or for worse, reflect on Boulevard. You know, we can put I can put tweets from my own on my profile page on Twitter all I want to, but things that I say about beer are directly connected back to Boulevard, and that's something I have to be very very aware of and, and even right now we're we're sitting at work i'm getting paid by boulevard so what i'm saying reflects on boulevard it's interesting too because i'm wondering you know you had a lot of success with the uncensored data and i know i when you were on the uh good beer hunting podcast he even he tweeted you out something yeah, kind of hoping like you're like hey look at this like and then you didn't respond in the right. typical quote-unquote Danner way, and he was kind of disappointed, like, bro, what's up? What's the, Where's the old Danner? Yeah, I feel like so he's setting me up, and I'm yeah. like, I'm not going to take yeah. that shot, dude. Yeah. It's interesting to see if uh, that, which is going to be more effective, right? I mean, uh, are you going to still, you know, do you think, it, have you noticed it? And we'll get into a little bit, because you got this new series called What You Want to Know Wednesday. Yeah. And so, I mean, that might be, that. I think that kind of answers a little bit the new style that you have. It's on the website. Can you describe what that is and the thought process behind that? Yeah, I mean, it's just about trying to to really be conscious of what I'm doing. Um, one of the one of the things I started doing when I first started um, attending events on behalf of Boulevard, and a part of my job is is drinking beer, actively consuming beer which has alcohol. It's part of my job. Terrible, just terrible. So no, it, it it's awful. <laughs> it's the worst, man. Um, but but what what I have to be aware of is that alcohol affects me just like it affects any other person. That's right. So the the rule I set up for myself is that I pretend that I have John McDonald, our our founder, um, on my shoulders at a beer fest. Nice. And if I say something <laughs> ridiculous, he's going to hear me. Like Corey does LeVar Bell. He's always, got, he's always got LeVar Ball. On his on shoulder, shoulder right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on. You got it. It's, uh, what is it? The sunshine on my shoulders? You got LeVar Ball LeVar on, my on my shoulders? Yeah. Um, but no, I think about that. And if I, if I say something. You're going to have to gift that. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> LeVar Ball on my shoulders. Yeah. Get to work yeah. on that. He really. needs to like, have his arms up, too. Yeah. Um, 
But but if I if I say something terrible, John's going to hear me, and if I get drunk, I'm going to drop him. So just trying to really like kind of the Jiminy Cricket thing is is what I try to do. And I, I mean, I, it's it's gone well for me. I found that when you package things in that more approachable, friendly manner, people listen to you, and I think that's what and that's why we're on Twitter is to share opinions and have discussions and and to be heard. And if if people see you as just the guy who fights everyone. Yeah. That's not something I want to be. And ultimately, I think your goal was, and it's always been the goal, was to kind of just inform people on the the um, error in their opinion, perhaps. You know, not not the error in their opinion, but like, I mean, gosh, we, we there's a lot of examples. There's tons of examples. I want to provide perspective is what I want to do, and I think um, I think a lot of times people lose perspective. You know, we get we get so far down our own individual beer journey that. We think, well, everything that I think about beer or that I like in beer must be the way it is. But we forget that craft beer is only 13% of the total market share. So there's 87% of consumers who are that's not right. drinking that's huge. craft that, beer. And that's where, I, that's where the disconnect comes in yeah. because, you know, people are like, well, Boulevard, blah, blah, blah. But it's like Boulevard, if Boulevard just focuses on that 13% as a business, that's a hard business. That's not sustainable, yeah. Exactly. And you guys are... Smart in that sense is that per, I'll use perfect example. You guys came out with a Kolsch. Was it last year or the year before? Uh, it was. Uh, I think it was early January 2016 is when Kolsch came and out. Yeah, that beer's great, and it's you know it's a drinkable beer. My dad, who doesn't you know, you were just he, drinking one earlier, right? Yeah, I, that's the first beer I had when I got here. And my dad, who doesn't you know, he's like, I'm sick and tired of trying all these damn beers that you like that taste horrible, and I'm like, you will like, and he drank it, and that's what I mean is it's like. Kolsch, you guys do it. You do it right, and it's a very, very drinkable beer that people enjoy, and that's where I think that. And it's a gateway to the craft community. That's the thing, exactly. Because like, what else does Boulevard make? They make this, which is really good that I can get anywhere. That's not something that I have to like hunt down or make a big deal to get, and I can drink it. And I, I swear, you know, in the summer, there's nothing better on a hot day than just drink a, a really cold Kolsch. Yeah, it's just a good regular beer. Yeah. Uh, I think what a part of it is that, like, um, the uh, guys, I think a lot of people are wrapped up in the identity that, like, I'm, I'm the beer nerd, you know, yep. I'm the beer nerd of the, of my tribe. So like, you know, and if, and, and so it screws with that identity if I allow others to like, you know, come into that realm, you know? And so the way I can distance myself is I just keep going for the more whaley beer that I can, and then I'm t- I, re- I retain the title of beer nerd because I know some shit that you don't know, right? Like I'm so far beyond Kolsch, man. I'm like I'm like on I'm another realm with this shit. You know what I mean? I really think that a lot of it is that oh, yeah. kind of I shit. Mean, it's it's operating under the false premise that beer is a contest, and it's That's right, it's dude. not. You know, beer is this thing to be enjoyed and shared. Now I get it. Like I want to drink really cool beer too, and I want to drink things that are hard to get because they're often delicious, but. At the same time, um, I just want to drink beer, too. Just, I want to drink the beer that's in my glass or the beer that you hand me or the beer that's on tap at the wedding or the beer that my brother likes and hands me. I want to drink that beer, and then I want to drink, I want to drink crazy stuff, too. Which is like the long tradition of beer is that it's been... To bring the, people together. Yeah. And uh, to go back to when, when Reuben is very anti-cellaring, and you are a huge proponent of... <laughs> When the beer comes drink out, em. drink it. Yeah, don't, that's how I am. I drink my shit. Don't sit on it. Don't wait on it. This is from a person who has a love child for There are their, exceptions. In their refrigerator. Well, yeah, it's in, not a hard In rule. the cellar, but 
but Ruben really appreciated that fact because everyone wants to get this beer and keep holding it, and you've always been like, we, the brewery put it out for a reason. It's ready. Just drink it. Just have we, we've all been to the whale party where the whale did not hit the intended target, and probably the biggest reason why is we don't know how old that motherfucker actually was, and was it intended to be aged for that? Like, you know what I mean? So every, Everyone's searching for whales. I think they're even trying to convince themselves sometimes how great some shit is. But oh, if it's yeah. that too long. The bottle comes out. You give it five star. Like, you whoa. like you worked that hard to get it. There's no way you're going to admit you didn't like it. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it happens all yeah. the time. No, I know. Bro. I've been there. I'm just yeah. Like, yeah. This is. Oh wow, yeah. man. Yeah. Five years, huh? Five years in your basement. Like I wonder. I wonder what this beer could have tasted like when it was good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer to get there. I've, I've done it. I'll do it again. Yeah. And that's the thing about beer is that uh, it's not, uh, you know, it's not whiskey. It's not wine. You know, it's uh, it's got a shelf life, man. You know what I mean? And it changes. So, yeah, if, if the brewer hit that and he bottled it when he thought it tasted good, it probably fucking was true to what he, he intended at that moment. I just, I, I have to I operate under the theory that someone who works at another brewery knows more about their beer than I do. And if, if they tell me this beer is ready to drink, I'm going to drink it, man. Yeah, right on. And so, you know, so you've been answering, and we didn't get on there, but basically what you want to know Wednesday is you you pick a bunch of uh, people, tag you on their Twitter account, they ask you specific questions, and then you answer them pretty long. F- I mean, you've taken some time on this, man. So yeah. uh, kudos to you. I we We're going to do this interview, and I was like, half the shit that we were going to ask is on there. So if people want to know and pick Danner's brain on uh, any number of subjects – I would encourage you guys to check out What You Want to Know Wednesday. Uh, uh, Boulevard, do a search on Google. It comes up, or you might know what the website is. Yeah, but, it's just yeah. boulevard.com, WWKW. We'll take you to it. Yeah, Ruben uh, shared the link with me, and I looked at it, and I said, like, well, shit, we don't have to interview him now. We could just <laughs> just, uh, go there. just read this. Although, <laughs> if you don't want to read, you could just listen. You could yes. be running on your treadmill. Yes, Ruben yeah. made that point. Hashtag KCSocial.net. Uh, <laughs> this will be posted on that. Right. So, um, so what are what are some of the Boulevard beer hits for 2017? We're 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 in January right now. It's a new year. What were some of the hits? Perhaps some of the misses. Any surprises that you had? I mean, I feel like um, looking back, hit wise, I have to call out Cabernet Cask Imperial Stout. The Love beer it. was so good, dude. My shit, man. Yeah, I mean, I told. I feel I, I I had it here. We, we had it like a work thing here, and I had the whiskey barrel was good, but then I had the Cabernet. I said, "Oh my god, this is great!" And I saw it at the store. I'm like, oh, "I'll get it next time I come." And then it was gone. gone. And it, it's yeah, just, I mean, it broke my heart. I, uh, and it was so. I'm so celering good. one right now. <laughs> Whatever, man. <yeah. laughs> I'm obviously. I mean, a cellar bottle of it. that is better than no bottle of that, yeah. though, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, I I know that I'm biased and I'm I'm close to our beer and I have you know strong feelings about it, but like. When I tasted that beer, I was like, oh, my God, this is a home That run. beer was, um, was unbelievable. There's an yeah. amount of complexity to that beer that I think you can't. It was well, delicious. You take, it was so good. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the trifecta. You know, if you like bourbon, if you like wine, and then you like beer, it's the trifecta of three awesome you know, Grothcast Cabernet. So, and then it's got the Jefferson bourbon barrel and then Boulevard Stout, bro. Come on. Yeah, it's I, a no-brainer, but it could have maybe not worked. You know, sometimes you do some Frankenstein shit and well, it don't come out. It up for sure, yeah. I mean, I, I, I describe that beer as um, it was aged in barrels that held 
wine that I can't afford. That's by, right. That's like, oh, by whiskey that I can't afford. But then the beer I could afford. I, I was actually able to buy the beer. But I have the bourbon, but I can't. I, I can't do a hundred dollar bottle of wine. Bottle of wine, dude. Yeah, that's a lot. I mean, so I was talking shit like I knew what Grothcast Cabernet. I was like, hey, I have this shit all the time with my salad. You know, wherever yeah. I go. No, I have not yeah, had a Grothcast Cabernet, but I have had a Cabernet, and you can taste a lot of Cab in that. Oh yeah, beer. I mean, for it, it's amazing to me. Like the the barrels held whiskey. Before we got them, but there's a, it's amazing how much wine character was still there and manifested in the beer. Yeah, for was, sure. Was that cool was beer. like the prominent flavor. I thought I was going to get a lot of bourbon from it, but I got, got more, more of the broth. Yeah. More, uh, more wine. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like a warming whiskey character. But yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the cab took stage, center stage. And that's one of the reasons we felt really good about calling it Cabernet Cask. Nice. To, to not only speak to that, but then also speak to the origin of the barrel itself. See, I just love that right there. So is it coming back in 2018? No, or, no, no. I mean, what, well, because of those barrels, it's, it's yeah, a one-time barrels, thing. Bro. Yeah. Uh, if we get those barrels again, I'm sure we would. See, guys, see, fuckers, listen. How cool was that? That, um, like, you still have I, one I, left, that I, that right, I noticed though, right? that the cab took, and he's like, "That's why we called it Cabernet." Cab. Bro, come Wait, on, man, that was you a still jewel, have one, right? Yeah, I do. Okay, okay. Just don't drink it without drink. me. No, I yeah, won't. Don't drink I drink beers me, without Corey and he gets sad about it. I do. Like, uh, I do. He posted on, uh, I drank this beer and I was like, <laughs> he gets motherfucker, what about me? That was our beer, dude. I know. And yeah, it was. Have you ever had like, uh, like, like a girl that you liked, but you really, you know, you know, she wasn't wifey material? That's that's Corey sometimes with the beer for shit. You? No, Corey's that for you? Super <laughs> awkward. That was super weird. I don't even know what you said, but you made Jeremy. Yeah, that was a little Come weird. On, yeah, yeah, we just totally. Um, you want to? And we're holding hands throughout this podcast, by the way, guys. <laughs> for those of you oh, yeah. individual, and 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 he wasn't weirded out at first when we were doing that, but now since I said that, it yeah, got a little now, weird. Now that you, I almost had to Google what's the best way to get beer out of a microphone at that man. I was, I was ready. <laughs> So uh, and and Danner just took down the cider, the uh, city market cider, which is a great name, by the way. I love that you guys keep things uh, Kansas City. You know what I mean? So that's that's cool. Uh, right, right? You took down that city market cider, right? Oh yeah, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. All right. So um, any misses? Any other surprises? Jerry, Jeremy may or may not have been passed a love note by uh, someone at the. We had to sit through <laughs> it. I'm going to post a beer card. Oh, okay, your oh, employee yeah. beer card. Woo. That's important. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's very important. More important than love notes. Yeah. I'm disappointed that we didn't get uh, fan pictures. Yeah, I mean, when we got here, Danner was like taking pictures with people, and nobody asked Corey or me. No, and you even gave him a card. Too. I did. I gave him a card. Oh, you know, I'm like, hey, we're from the KC Social, and no, nothing. Well, if if right, their bro. daughter's gonna is 20, after she's this very interview, we're gonna blow up, bro. <laughs> I have she's nothing to add up. to that conversation. That was that was weird. So, uh, <laughs> no, you know, I find that that's a that's a common thing. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, like when people are proud of their daughters. And they, you know, they'll, they'll show them. And, and I don't know. What is the proper response in that? Like, yeah, I was like, yeah, she's beautiful. Wow. I don't know what the proper response I was awkward. But I'm married to Corey. <laughs> 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 all right, all right, all right. Never mind, never mind. Uh, so uh, what, what trends do you foresee? And this was one of the questions on what you want to know Wednesday. But we thought of this shit. Not first, but we had thought of this as a question for Danner. Yes. So what are beer trends Because we actually prep. I know no one believes that we prep. But <laughs> we're prepping <laughs> now. Oh, this year, 2018, New Year, we're prepping. New year. I, I see that they have notes, and they um, 
they were typing things back and forth on the laptop too. Yeah. Then that's fine. I'm, I'm used, I've been doing this long enough. I'm used to that. It's just love <laughs> yeah. notes, bro. You know what happens? Um, <laughs> Sorry, I gotta stop. No, you're good, dude. dude. Um, who's gonna hold my hand? But uh, no, actually, one, one of the things I do um, as, as part of my role uh, for our sales team, I send out this biweekly thing called uh, Danner's Digest, and it's essentially kind of my thoughts for an internal audience on trends or news stories, and uh, I, I read a, a rather lengthy, um, surprisingly, uh, report of my thoughts on, on trends, and one of the things I'm excited about is, um, like, the rise of normal beer, and when I say normal beer, I don't mean boring beer. I mean, like, regular classic styles, I think, are due for a comeback. I mean... We've I, been on this shit. Yeah, I, I love I love weird beers, and I'm going to drink all your crazy stuff, your prickly pear, barrel-aged, whatever, whatever. I want that. I'm going to drink it. But if you have a really well-made, like, American Pilsner or a delicious ESP, I want that, too. You know, I want to drink regular stuff. I think is it's important that those beers are continued to be brewed because nobody, I mean, very few people, I guess nobody would be probably, probably incorrect, but very few people will look back and like, oh, yeah, my first beer was a barrel-aged Brownie batter Chipotle stout. It wasn't. Your first beer was whatever. Miller Lite. Yeah, it was was the the beer you struck from your grandpa while you were having pizza. was MGD for me. I remember that. Sitting, you know, making microwave pizza. Or not microwave, but oven pizza with him. And then sitting at their table, you know, and like sneaking a drink of MGD. So it's going to be. I used to love just uh, because he brought up MGD, but MGD Lite. My college, yeah, that was you went my too go-to. far, bro. You went too far. No, you don't understand. No, MGD Light was my go go-to <laughs> in college. They said uh, the when there was one person working at the Exxon that would sell underage people beer, we used to go <laughs> and I used to get a case of MGD Light from the Exxon, and I loved MGD Light. Sorry, no, you're good, man. But I mean, yeah, just regular beer. I think um, I think fruit beer is on the rise, and I think beer with fruit is on the rise, and I, I mean. The difference, like, um, to me, like Jamban, fruit beer, total fruit beer, but Tropical Pale Ale is a beer with fruit. So I think at the same time that people want regular, approachable things, they also want they want unexpected flavors in beer. And I think, um, you know, like, as, as I said earlier, beer is a 13% market share, and that's higher or lower in some parts of the country, but um, overall, as a category, beer is shrinking. Beer sales overall were down. Craft sales are up. So we have to do things to bring new folks into the fold that maybe don't normally drink craft beer. And, and that means making beers that challenge the perception of what beer tastes like. So how do you, how do you, how do, you do that? So Because how does a, like, a, a typical, a normal, I don't want to say normal, but someone that, that's a beer drinker that just drinks, you know, the, the big three, if you will, sure. how, how do you get them to say, I want to drink something that Boulevard is making or... Well, that's a million-dollar question. I know. I, know. I was like, <laughs> well, you, I, they can listen, to, me? <laughs> they can <laughs> listen <laughs> to this podcast. No, yeah. no. Well, that's what I'm huge on. I know. Yeah. And I re- really, we, like, my thing is, like, I'm really into that aspect of it, like, turning on people to, to this thing that we're all involved with. I'm not so much, and I love the beer nerd community, quote, unquote, but, you know, my, the thing that excites me is is that transition, that gateway, like turning on it. Cause you know, it's, it's like, I drank, you know, Budweiser and I, I you know, and I, I don't care. Still I do. still will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, I, I just think it's the coolest thing when you turn, when you give somebody a beer and you see that little flicker, like, Oh shit. Like, all right, this is, this has the characteristics of what I would consider, uh, beer, quote, to unquote, taste like. normal yeah. beer 
but there's a little something extra in there, and it's like, that's it, bro. You you lock onto that, and then it can go as far as you want it to go, you know. But uh, along those lines, you know, talking about normal beers, what are your thoughts about New England-style IPAs? And the two-part question, is it strange that there's such a departure from what we used to consider a traditional IPA, in particular the appearance and bitterness, you know. So it was these were. This is what I find so strange is that like the beer nerds, the advocates of beer were like so hard. Three years ago, the only wanted was super bitter. Yeah, the more bitter, you know. Kind and of. it was so easy to take that left turn into the low bitterness, ugly beer. I call ugly it. They're beer. not. Well, they're, they do look ugly. It's an ugly looking beer. No, but in comparison to, I, I don't. I, I like the way they taste. Sure. But if you put a I mean, that, that's, I'm holding up the calling right now, and IPA is like, that's gold. Crystal clear. It yeah. looks like, you know, it's, and then you hold up, a, you know, and then it looks like this murky. Looks which, dirty. Yeah. But, I mean, it's not a big deal, but that would be, you know, if I had brewed an IPA five years ago and said, hey, man, here's this, you'd have looked at it and said, holy shit, man. Yeah, you should crash cool that for a few days before you bottle <laughs> yeah. it, is what I would say to you, yeah. So, I mean, but, so... It's a significant departure in a lot of ways, right? So you have a lot of the same characteristics. So, you know, what are your thoughts on it? I'm not trying to lead you in. No, I, I was good. leading in the question. No, right? um, but, I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. When, when it first started, I, I didn't get it. I kind of hated it. I viewed it as lazy. Um, I thought that rather than the flavor and aroma and what I thought was important about the beer um, being important, I, I thought people were just focused on the haze. And I read a lot of stuff about people throwing like flour in the mash tun or putting whatever pectin in the whirlpool or doing, doing weird things to create the haze. And for me, the haze shouldn't be the destination. And as the style has evolved and I've had more and, and better examples of the style, I've realized the haze isn't the destination. The haze is a byproduct of, of process right. and raw materials and how you handle the beer um, after it's been dry hopped or post-fermentation. So I think you can, you can make a beer that tastes like that, that doesn't look like that, but people want that haze. And that's, that was the problem I had. Is like it became about this like appearance of beer. And if you're putting things in the mash tun that create that haze, that's not what the beer is about. It's about leaving behind you know, a lot of hops. It's about having the interaction of, of yeast with hop compounds to create that haze and stabilize it. But then as I tried more examples of it, I, I kind of fell in love with it. And I liked it a lot. So I, like, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm all in on it because I still think there's some challenges um, to producing the style on a Wood. national, regional level. I'm, I'm curious to see what, um, you know, Sierra Nevada and what New Belgium, how those beers hold up. But uh, I'm, I'm digging I'm digging that style now. Yeah, that's a, it's a very interesting question because right now uh, the advantage is for the small brewer, small batches, because uh, y- you talk about the shelf life of beer. These have ultra-low shelf lives. Oh, it's crazy. But, uh, you know, and, and the reason why I call it ugly, when we look at, you know, the major characteristics of what we use to judge a beer, you know, appearance is one of the first things, <laughs> the head What's retention the yeah, and huge. the way it looks. And, and it doesn't, and, and if you are into hazy beers, the hazier you see it, maybe you, you lean towards the, that, that, uh, that is a great tasting beer, but strictly from an appearance level it does it's not an attractive looking fucking beer right i mean no. it, it, i think it some might. are though I, i've come around well, where i see go. some that like they have like that beautiful golden color do you guys remember um this might date me a little bit but new belgium used to make a beer called beer de mar 
and it was in a 12-ounce bottle, and it, it poured so beautifully, um, like golden and hazy, like the sun was shining out of the glass, out of the glass, sunshine Ooh, out of the glass, not sun shining out of somewhere else, but... <laughs> but, um, I was like, I will keep showing if you get my joke. Um, <laughs> but, but some of these hazy beers, they're, they're beautiful. All but right. but well. I think um, I, I was so focused on the beer challenging perceptions of what, what beer should look like. But then I realized that it not only challenged that, but it challenged what you thought about the bitterness of IPAs and the mouthfeel and the <sighs> level of flavor and aroma you're getting from hops. And as craft brewers, if we're upset that someone is challenging the status quo, that's what craft beering did in, in the 80s and 90s. So how dare us get upset and indignant about that, um, with the caveat being as long as a beer is quality. There are some beers that, that are hazy that are not good. But I, I, think, I think more established brewers got upset because it didn't matter. Look at this haze, bro. This beer's got to be good because <laughs> of the haze. But um, just, like, just like bad clear beers, there are bad hazy beers too. And I think people are figuring that out. As, as more yeah. examples of the style become more available... And people will have it more often. You are starting to figure out, okay, this is a good any IPA. This is a not good any IPA. And and Corey and I love New England style IPAs. Uh, there, I think that the um, you know the quality level is like from one beer to the other is like huge. I mean, there's a big difference from a well know. done you one to pour, yeah, you yeah. Never you're, know you're what it's kind of be. spinning yeah. the wheel on that shit. But uh, yeah, we I, the other, but you know. I still enjoy just a regular IPA just as much as I do that. And that's not, you know, I still like regular IPAs just as much as I do those hazy I mean, ones, I think so. as it becomes its own sub-style or sub-category. That's right. You, you, like, you don't have to, well, I like IPAs, so I don't like brown ales anymore. You can like both. Both. Yeah. And it's, it's okay. It's, it's weird because. The haze you know, will settle. Because we're, <laughs> you know, quote, unquote, in the craft beer community, we just, we think that everyone knows what the fuck a New England there's Style people IPA. that don't even know what an IPA they, is, bro, and I say that all the time. Is, and it's like you're talking about this very small subset of people that are even interested in it. Most people don't even care. So that's where it's just like, yeah, it's almost weird. weird the obs- I don't want to say obsession, but just like people are just like, I, I want, you know, everyone loves Trillium and they post pictures with. 1800 yeah. uh cans of or that that's all I, I always get a little weird like that that's all i drink that's yeah. all i drink now you know is this i'm like oh, all right well you'll probably come back you well, it's know, like I think seeing the band back. in a small venue like i was there at trillium i was in line i went to the alchemist i stood that's there awesome. you know that's got, a great analogy i got, analogy, I, got a, I got a view of john in the brew house i was there man <laughs> and then when it goes big suddenly like oh they Sierra, sold out yeah, yeah sierra nevada makes it it couldn't be that great <laughs> what, are you kidding me like they yeah. make amazing beer so Oh, man, that's the thing is, yeah, at that different brew, there's so many well-done beers right now, and they're from those, not the giant guys, but those mid-level giant dudes that are brewing excellent shit all the time, and that's the easy target to just shit on a Sam Adams, to shit on a Sierra Nevada, to shit on a Boulevard, when they're just, you know, if you really look at it, the consistency and the level of brewing, it's very fucking high, man. But, uh, so the other thing, uh... So how are things different with Duvel, man? You know, man, um, I, I get asked that a lot. And for me, um, I'll be honest, when I guess it would have been... Have you learned Belgian? No, yeah. <laughs> I learned Belgian, yeah. No, I, I do get... For they don't even be, speak Belgian. They uh, speak French or uh, Flemish. Yeah. Uh, most, most of the... the I know people. Flemish. I'm not stupid. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, Belgian's not a language. People, people like, when the, when the sale first happened, be like, oh, you're going to learn Belgian now. And I'm like, 
No, because that's not a language, language. dude. Um, but, but okay. I was yeah. making a joke. Yeah. I was no, making no, I, a I, joke. I, I need both languages. Yeah. He's aware that there's... LeVar Bell. Yeah, LeVar Ball is upset now. I keep saying LeVar Bell. It's LeVar Ball. And I'm going to take Jeremy to Lithuania now, and he's going to... He's going to be an ambassador for a brewery there. I can I can join two other Americans that are go. not being seen playing basketball. <laughs> be perfect. Um, if um, what dude? Okay, so wait. This is digressing. When we post this, we have to tag Lavar Ball. That's oh, right. Yeah. So we got to get. We've you never guys even mentioned Ball. it before, but I've always been itching to call him the Lavar Ball Why? of podcasting. I don't know, man. I'm I just thought it'd be funny. <laughs> no, like you guys got to get sued for defamation. Like. I, I, I would, I'm willing to sacrifice. We can, we can wreck this episode just to get sued by LeVar Ball. Um, you'd ask me about, you'd ask me about something I know. Oh, then, the, oh it's about Duval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, when, when John McDonald, our founder, first started talking about the idea that he was looking uh, for a partner, looking to sell the brewery, that made me nervous. Um, at that time, I'd been here uh, right around five years. Um, but, but already Boulevard, you know, if, if you work here for a little bit or if you work here for a month, becomes a part of who you are, and you become a part of who Boulevard is, which is, I think, the measure of a good company. Uh, but we got nervous about, about you know, like, there's all this unknowns, and, like, we're going to sell to a giant brewery, are we going to sell to a bank, are we going to sell to private equity, what's going to happen? And then we all, um, you know, found out that it was going to be Duval Morcat, and I was so relieved, because um, I've, had, I've had Duval. It's a great beer. I've had Shoof. I've had Oma Gang. Shoof is fucking awesome. So, like, these man. are all, like, Duval is, when you think about Belgian Golden Ales, that's it. When we first started um, kind of concepting Tank 7, after we have made the beer and discovered we loved it, we were trying to figure out what to call it. And, and I, I remember being in a meeting where someone said, oh, we should call it a Belgian Golden. And I go, no, it's not better than Duval. And, and I, I felt like it's a different style, too. It wasn't that style. But I'm like, calling this a Belgian Golden, you're, like, putting it right next to Duval. And I think they're just such different beers. But we also had, um, you know, such respect for the beer itself that um, once we start to get – once we – we're able to, you know, get to know the company and the culture. And I, I was lucky enough to, to get to go over to Belgium the summer after they purchased us and kind of have a, a tour of all the breweries and sit in some marketing oh, meetings man. and kind of nice. sounds I, terrible. I, I drank the Kool Aid hard, man. Um, but I uh, I had a lot of respect for them for taking a guy like me who I I don't I I don't think I'm very important here. I'm, I'm lucky to have the role that I have. But when my boss told me we're going to Belgium, she's like, hey, they invited you to Belgium. And she's, we're talking on the phone, and I go, why? So cool, man. And she goes, <laughs> why? And she goes, it doesn't matter, dude. It doesn't matter why you're going. And I'm like, okay, I'm going. So Fuck yeah, yeah dude. Start getting, getting to know the people who run, you know, Duval Mortgad and um, even Michelle, who kind of, he's the fourth generation. Um, he and his, his siblings run the company, but he's kind of the head of it all. Um, they came over for a, uh, a meeting to talk to us after he'd bought the brewery. And uh, I saw him walking in the hallway, and I'm not intimidated by people. So I'm going to go up. I'm like, oh, there's Michelle. This is my chance to go say hey. And um, so I went up. I was like, hey, man. just want to say hey. I did say hey, man, because I, uh, <laughs> I have, like, zero concept of decorum. Like, what, just like, up? bonjour Belgium, bro. Yeah. No, um, <laughs> but I was like, hey, man. Bonjour. Uh, Je suis dernier. Yeah. Did you do that? All, all I know is. That's French. I, I believe he said they were Flemish. Yeah. All, yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all I know I is. Um, like the I don't know. Uh, speak Flemish. The cartoon okay, that teaches bad. you uh, foreign languages. They had that commercial on Saturday just we la juvie and like <laughs> can learn french with muzzy or whatever um so uh but no he speaks slim i'm sure he speaks french they yeah, all, so. they all speak too. multiple languages yes. uh, yeah makes, they're not americans yeah bro. which which makes us feel great about ourselves but um <laughs> but i walked up and i said hey michelle i'm he goes you're jeremy danner the movie star 
And I said I completely. See? Dis- I said I disagree with that characterization, but I'm I'm flattered you know who I'm I am. More like a blockbuster movie star. Right. <laughs> oh shit. I'm more like I'm a. I'm the Daniel Day Lewis of Kansas City. <laughs> right. I am so deep in character all the time. Um, but you know, I, I quickly agree. I'm not a movie star. I'm just happy to be here. Um, he was referring to the, the beer videos that we make introducing beers, but um, that really blew my mind. And I, I kind of I, I took a step back. I'm like, holy crap. You know, like Michelle Morgan knows my name. Um, I was like, I just want to um, welcome you to Boulevard, which I, 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 as I said, I'm like, God, what a dumb thing to say. <laughs> but then as I look back, like he, you know, he bought the he bought the brewery, but he bought into the brewery. So I, I think like looking back and saying that I, I did mean that I did mean welcome to Boulevard. You know, and, and the thing that jumps out at me is when he says uh, McShoe and all, like, I think of, like, when I first started in craft beer, like, the, the most innovative options were always those European options and stuff. And then craft beer in America just took such a massive hold that I've, now I can't keep up, like, I'm so trying to keep up with our American craft industry that I've abandoned a lot of those you know, but it, it, I mean, when when I first started, I mean, thinking of those, uh, all those German, European oh, yeah, beers. Dude. I mean, that's how I think a lot of craft people like started seeing the possibilities, and then uh, things have just gotten so crazy and innovative here in the U.S. I mean, we're holding our own here, and then some, so much that it's difficult to revisit some of those cool, you know, styles that. Were- I mean, even um, even Stephen Powell's our brewmaster when he goes to Belgium. He would always go over and say, you know, like, what are you guys working on? And now when he gets there, his brewing buddies are like, what are you guys doing? Like, That's so a, a cool, lot man. Of, a lot of brewing cultures around the world are looking to America That's as right. the leader in innovation as far as craft beer goes, which is wild. It is. And it, it happened so quickly, bro. I mean, it Super wasn't, fast, yeah, bro. it was not. I mean, we were known for, you know, a specific style of beer, which, like, we just hit upon was perfectly fine. Sure. But the amount of innovation and pushing the envelope has become so big here, you know, that... Yeah, it's pretty incredible the stage that American craft brewing has taken in the in the world market, man. Um, so, any exciting technological innovations at Boulevard? He skipped. He skipped. Yeah, I did. Be, no, I, I'm, no, I'm going to ask. All right, right, right go skipped. ahead. Go ahead. So <laughs> I'm going to drop my mic, man. He made me. That's made the LeVar me, Ball in him, bro. Yeah, yeah. he made bro, me handwrite these. You can move shit around. Dog. I'm the captain now. <laughs> yeah, I'm the coach now, I guess. <laughs> See, look at that. Look at LeVar me. Ball, so, bro. Uh, what's your best, uh, your flagship, quote unquote, is it uh, your flagship beer? Like our, like our best-selling beer? Yes. A best-selling beer uh, is unfiltered wheat beer. Okay. That's about... It's just shy of fifty percent of our total volume these days. But as you get outside Kansas How much? City, it's fifty, almost fifty. Look at that. People Look at don't that, realize guys. that. Look at that. What's insane? That's case know, in that's, fucking point. Yeah. As far as like, you know what I mean? That's wild. Go ahead. Um, he's got some beer. Ooh. All right, but, go ahead. Uh, but once you get outside KC, it's uh, Tank Seven is our lead dog, and actually, Mike uh, Liberty just yeah. got so here seven, right so in the middle. So that's your best smoke Dan. stack, or just what's well, so it's our number two beer overall, Tank Seven. It, wow. it just passed Pale Ale. Within the past six months, I believe. So for the longest time, it was... Which I love. That's my shit. I drink a lot of Tank 7, probably more than I should. Um, but then it's like when you look at... If you look at the Midwest, Unfiltered Wheat Beer is our bestseller. But then if you look at like California or you look at Boston or you look at Florida, Tank 7 is kind of what Boulevard is known for um, outside the Midwest. So, so basically... In the Midwest, you, it's, it's more the, the wheat, but out, outside... It's Tank Seven. Yeah, I mean, we still we saw a lot of Tank Seven in the Midwest still, but um, the num- the numbers dictate yeah, it's unfilled wheat beer here, and then Tank Seven kind of in our way market. 
wheat is 50% of their volume. And I, I just, I'm uh, mentioning to Mike Liberty. What's up, Mike? How's it going, guys? He just got here, late as a motherfucker, but that's fine. You know, Liberty, here's the thing. He's, he, he obviously wanted to be here. He's a Boulevard homer. He loves it. Corey, I'm pointing at Corey. And then Liberty really wanted to be on the podcast. And he's like, dude, come on, man. I I got, (laughs) I got specific questions. And we'll get to whatever he wants towards the end, but go ahead, Corey. I just want to acknowledge that Liberty is in the house. Before we get to their innovations. So how does Boulevard's philosophy for Kansas City differ for the rest of the nation? Or how do you guys, like, how do you portray yourself in other markets versus here? Yeah, I mean, that's that's, um, that's like, do you know how? Because that's something we're working on right now. It's like we've always, (laughs) like, we we identify as Kansas City's beer. And that's something that's come naturally. It's something that means something. Yeah, in Kansas City. But when, I, I can remember being in Boston when we were out there kind of exploring the, the market before we launched, and I, I swear to you, I was sitting at a bar talking with a, a younger couple, and the, the lady next to me, she's like, so what do you do? I go, I work, work at Boulevard in Kansas City. She's like, oh, I've never heard of Boulevard, which is common on the coast. Yeah. Um, she'd heard of Kansas City, and she goes, so what do you do there? I go, well, I'm a, I'm a brewer. I was on the brewing team at that time, hadn't yet transitioned over to the, the marketing side. And she goes, but you're a farmer too, right? I'm like, no, I'm a, I'm a brewer. Like, I'm, I make beer for money. And she's like, but you're a farmer as well, like to grow your food. I go, no. And she, <laughs> she asked me. She looked at me straight face, and she said, well, where do you get your food? And I said, the store, just just like you do. And she's like, but you grow vegetables, don't you? And I no, I, I get that those at the store so as well. awesome, bro. And, like, I, 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 she's not, like, that's not Boston. Like, Boston isn't her and then Matt Damon. It's yeah. There's other stuff happening. Yeah, but, yeah, it's but interesting it, that, it really, that those two dynamics yeah, exist. People don't know a lot about Kansas City, and they're learning more. You know, thanks to uh, thanks to the Royals, thanks to Sporting KC. It's like the fucking Wild uh, West for a lot of people out here. Oh yeah, dude. they have no idea. I'm from New Mexico. I know yeah. all about this shit. People don't you even know, know the Wild state. West. Yeah. <laughs> See, Corey just thinks we're the Wild West. Well, dude, okay, you really so are, this is yeah, to digress again. But I, when we were in Belgium, we were at uh, Deconic, one of our breweries, and the um, the marketing team, the, the Dutch marketing team, was there, and they were very beautiful ladies, and they thought I was very fascinating. Like a cowboy, <laughs> you are fascinating. No, but bro. I'm not. But I'm not a cowboy. We're but fucking like, fascinating, like, bro. You, you, you're wearing boots. Like, so we're holding hands again. I don't. I don't, wear, I don't wear socks. I'm not going to wear boots. But they're like, so you're a cowboy, huh? And I'm like, yes, that, I am a cowboy. That is um, awesome. That as long I'm, as next can. time I go to yeah, Europe, like, I'm going full Tejano, bro. Yes. Tejano, just bam. I'm yeah, like, pointy boots. But pointy I mean, boots. Yeah. It, it, people don't know what Kansas City is. So yeah, that's the challenge: is communicating what that is outside and, and making beer is great, but it's not enough because the market's crowded. A lot of people are making great beer now. A lot of people are good people making great beer. So that's not that different anymore. So that, that's our challenge is to translate what, what it means to be a Kansas City brewer to someone in Miami, Florida. Does it help to have a dude plying weed on your labeling? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> are you a farmer, right? Look, yeah. shit. No, I'm just I know. We have, we have a farmer on our label. But, um, <laughs> but it is a weed yeah. beer. So. Yeah, it's a weed I'm just beer. fucking around. But, dude, I know. Yeah, but what we, what we do in, in those markets with our portfolio, I think, speaks to that um we we beer isn't everywhere right now um tank seven is kind of our lead dog tropical pale ale american Kolsch, ginger and rattler beers that are a little more differentiated uh beers that have longer shelf lives like burn barrel quad whiskey barrel stout um dark truth tank seven like those beers kind of stand out like if we we're, we've been statewide in california for years now we're not going to send our pale ale there because if you're in california drink Santa nevada pale ale 
in the same way that Sierra Nevada Pale Ale is never going to sell wheat in Kansas here. City. Like they, yeah. they do well here, but they're never going to sell more beer than, than our beer because people want to drink what's local and they want to drink what's fresh. So it's about finding beers that um, that aren't as readily available, but also beers that have the shelf life and are sturdy enough to be excellent examples of what we want them to be when people do take them home. So is that essentially basically your the way that you test market, if you will? Because, I mean, obviously you can't just go in and talk to enough people or bring enough beer to, you know, test the market. So basically you go in and go, okay, they already have a staple of this, they already have a staple of that. Let's send some of the stuff that they don't have access to or they don't have that would be prominent. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we do that, and we kind of work with the folks we hire on as our if – it's, if it's a place where we already had a Duval rep, if Oma Gang had been there for years, you know, they're obviously a great source of information. Our distributor partners are great sources of information. And then we also talk to folks who run uh, bars and liquor stores, too, because they know what sells. So being able to do that research is key versus just kind of like, we're going to send 20 beers to Florida – and hope five of yeah. them work. Because essentially you're throwing shit at a wall and hoping to see, exactly. see, see what sticks and you're spending a bunch of money. Well, that's that. why you don't see, you won't see, um, you know, out-of-town out breweries full portfolios here either. You know, people, I think sometimes people, beer dorks especially, term I use lovingly, they're like, you know, I love this from Boulevard, but I don't love everything. Well, you're not supposed to. And that's, that's why right. that's why every brewery that comes in from out of town doesn't distribute every beer here. Because they know you're not going to love every beer, but they send what they feel is special to that market. Corey... Well, did you have another question? Um, you can ask your innovation question. No, yeah, I was just curious. Like, are there any exciting uh, tech innovations or um, software engineering wise that you guys are doing here at Boulevard? Like, any cool shit going on? I mean, uh, uh, the biggest thing we're working on right now is our canning line. Um, that'll hopefully be the the goal is to have cans rolling out of our brewery. I love cans, man. Yeah, no, we're and we're excited to bring it back home. We've had cans. Uh, produced at Firestone Walker, we've had some produced I know, at Summit. Pe- people were real upset about that. Could never figure no, out why. I think that's another cares? small vocal I mean, minority. I get it? I mean, people, you buy a beer that says Kansas City on it. You want it to come from Kansas City. I, I get it. Yeah. But, um, but at the time, the we beer were, was made oh, in Kansas oh, City. I, I, though, okay, right? No, no, no. The, the beer's brewed uh, there too. But, okay. But if you're going to ask another brewery to brew your beer, feel pretty good about Firestone Walker. Yeah, making no, beer they for make you. shit beer, bro. Solid. Yeah, no, right. <laughs> no, man, I'm no. totally kidding about. No, but like they make heavy lifting for us, and if, if you're gonna have a brewery make an IPA for you, have it be Firestone Walker, man. Absolutely. But um, you know, having having the canning line come back to Kansas City will be great. That'll give us the ability to not only have, um, we're obsessive about control, so we'll have all the control over our beer. But then we can also have the opportunity to expand our canning lineup too. So, and when you, does that? When when's the canning line? Uh, I mean, the, the building is is complete. Like the exterior of the building is complete. I was going to gesture, but we're on a podcast. But still, it's right. It's right there. Yeah, everybody can look. <laughs> and go, Jeremy was pointing out right the there. window. Yeah, yeah. You're listening at home, you go. Oh, that looks beautiful. Yeah, um, it does. Yeah, it's beautiful. Wow. Look west. If you're at Boulevard, yep. look west. Look west. You can but, see it. Um, we hope to have cans rolling out of there in early to to mid April. That was oh, a perfect cool. answer, by yeah. the way, that uh, Firestone was doing the fu- – I mean, come yeah. on, man. Can't a fantastic, that. That's another one of those, you know, not the huge behemoth, but just the, you know, the bigger just doing good shit. You know, one of those flagship dudes that are doing the shit right. You know what I mean? And uh, Liberty is pouring a – what are you pouring, bro? Imperial Style 2015. 2015. 2013. Imperial, 2013 Imperial Style. Booyah. So, when Josh – you know Josh – I mean, Keithley? Keithley. Yep, yep. When he left to uh, Oregon, he had a ton of shit that he didn't want. 
He gave me an Imperial Stout 0001. Oh, wow. How many are those? Is that like, were there like a few of those? I'm assuming that that's there, not the There would have been one. There would have been one <laughs> bottle from that year that had 0001 there on it. There you go, bro. Oh, wow. And yeah, you so, know what? So uh, back that's then pretty our, special. Yeah. I better unlock the computer. Yeah, back then, our, our labels uh, for smokestack beers were individually numbered. So that would have been bottle number one for real. And Corey wants you to sign that eventually. Yeah, but he didn't bring it with him because I'll, I didn't bring he's it, retarded. Hey, I'll um, sign him. He'll sign it. And this is huge. Uh, I mean, it's not huge. This is uh, something interesting. I thought uh, good beer hunting, as they often do, opened up a, somewhat of a can of worms. And we've actually discussed this on the podcast, but we're not good beer hunting, so no one paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that um, they did this article, I Know What Boys Like. And we've talked about, like, the And thank you for sharing that, though. I felt it was, it was um, at, when, sorry to interrupt no, you, but when, when I shared that, I said it was an uncomfortable read, but a necessary one. And, yeah. and it, I felt squirmy, man. Yeah, it's, it's weird because we've, we've talked about it before, and uh, the, it's, it's weird because I understand beer is a different animal than wine. It's a different, and, and but it runs a spectrum because there's very high-end beer, it, it, there's very, but there is... A playful, juvenile aspect to beer that at some points we look at ourselves and say, what the fuck? You know what I mean? And, and uh, yeah, I think they kind of opened up that whole conversation. And also, it was a stacked article. I think it was all over the place in some ways because there were a lot they of also issues they discussed. Yeah. yeah, there was also the diversity and the inclusion part of beer, which touches upon women, which touches upon the lack of black people that are involved in the beer community the lack of latinos that are which makes zero and Corey is puerto rican i'm mexican we love craft beer uh advocate uh and uh just but we do notice at times when i'm in that we are you know you know uh liberty is native american (laughs) and so i mean but you know this lack of representation (laughs) in you know and and it lends itself sometimes to some weird names for beers things like that which you know honestly look juvenile it's like it's like dumb more more than offensive just ah this is some stupid shit right it's it's tricky we've talked yeah, about yeah because like i don't i don't think beer um should be fun but i i I, t- I try to avoid politics but here lately i think um like equality and human rights that's not political that's like basic things that humans deserve and to politicize that to have to politicize that I think is a damn shame, but then to to make that a, a thing about falling on party lines is it's lazy and it's irresponsible. Um, but but for me, you're right. Like beer is not wine, beer is not um, medical equipment, beer is not airplanes. You know, it's not it's not this serious life or death sort of um, industry or, or enterprise. But it is a business, and if if we're wanting to grow this beyond being a niche, which I think we should want to do, um, we have to realize that we need to be approachable um, and inclusive and at the very least not offensive to a, to a wider market. And there's a conversation going on in Beer Tasting KC today about a beer name. And yes. It's, yeah, um, we, we, it, it's tricky because, like, I'm, I'm not a fuddy-duddy. I'm not lame. No. I, I use the F word. I don't use it on podcasts because my boss will listen. And I don't want to use it anyway. Oh, um, his you boss guys, is going to listen. You guys That's can, awesome. Yeah, and be like, Jeremy Danner was awesome at the end of this. Just say that, and I'll get you another beer. 
Um, is it okay if Corey cusses? You can say whatever you want, dude. Podcast. Yeah, you guys he can say what you do. The Levar Ball, yeah. Don't if you tell him not to. Jeremy Danner's going more. to Lithuania. Yeah, that's that's right. what I know. I've been traded to. Uh, I was going to name a Lithuanian brewery, but I can't, dude. Um, I'm sure there's one. Yes. Yeah, but, but the point is, yeah, they if, probably make a pilsner. I, I want to say this, and then and then I'll then I'll I'll, um, I'll I'll stop. But I feel like if if it's not something I could like say out loud to my grandma. Maybe it's not a great name. And my grandma I is, love that. Yeah. Like, she's cool. I'm, you know, like, she's open. She's sharp. But, like, if I wouldn't say it to my grandma, why would I put it on a beer label? And, and I, I had to explain it to her, too. I was just saying the same thing to Liberty about, like, cheese fans who, like, slam. Like, like, oh. like, 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 if you are not willing to tell that player to his face that he's a bitch or whatever, you, you know, like, I had to do at the beginning of this podcast and say yeah. that I had called Danner a whiny bitch at one point. Yes. He then you're not willing to tell one, that though. guy. Then you yeah. shouldn't be freaking putting that on. Yeah. Out of, but um, you know, and Corey is. You know, I think there's a great opportunity on this because we were talking about like these transition beers, right? And and uh, uh, different markets. Yes. Yeah. You guys do these these uh, um, like where you do the videos where you're talking about beers. If you ever do something, and this is totally my, I just think it's a great fucking idea. Is that Corey is fluent in Spanish? See, si. if you do like si. where you do, you describe the beers. You know when you do that, like you do your thing. Yeah. He could do that shit in Spanish. The only thing is, he should be doing si. beer reviews in Spanish. Just anyway, I know more than C. Just but if si. but si. like si. this whole market, like like um, Mexican style lagers, mm-hmm. the fruited beers. Uh, some of the shit that people like Five Rabbits are doing out of Chicago and stuff. Great beers. They, yeah, they lend themselves like these. Uh, a lot of these flavors lend themselves. So I think there's a great untapped market right there. And uh, Corey is the bridge. No, I'm just kidding. But he may be. But I mean, <laughs> I think be. doing this kind of like if you ever do consider doing bilingual shit, he's fluent in Spanish. Yo hablo espanol. I do that think it's good, a great right? idea to have uh, beer reviews or beer descriptions in espanol. And uh, I can't do it. Well, no, you're, you're right, can though. Do it. A minute ago, you, you caught yourself and you were talking about diversity in craft beer. And you said something about, like, you know, like, we need to involve, like, black people and Asian yes. people. And, and what you should really say is, like, we need to involve people besides white males. Pe- no, or it's, people it's, that it's like huge, beer. Pe- yeah. Beer. People drink beer in every corner of the world. Yeah. They just black need people, that. people, white people, Latin people, people everywhere drink beer and I, they I, will pay for it. There is a market for it. So how? I honestly believe this. How do we reach them and bring them into the fold? I honestly believe this, that the the barrier isn't so much. I think it's more that like something that just shows a, a certain person that says no. We. You, I don't think there's an active like you're not allowed into this realm. I think the the thing is that like. There's that guy there, and he's inviting me into this space and saying that I'm welcome here. And it's someone that is speaking the language. Is saying, yeah. I honestly believe it's just that. I think it's that fucking simple that you're just saying. Because I think people will take that plunge, and it has to be those gateway beers. It has yeah, to be like a, like, a, uh, like, a, like the Gosa style. Gosa is a style that Mexican people have been drinking. We've been putting salt and lime in fucking beer since right. the beginning of time. Gosa is not a departure style for the average Latino person. But just to explain that on yeah. their level and say, look, bro, there's this whole other realm of, like, I know you're drinking this shit. I like that shit, too. 
you should try this shit. Well, see, people have to. I think it's that simple. People have to take the initiative initiative as well. You can't put it strictly on the brewers or the and manufacturers. And we're not. I'm not saying the to do that. Doing that. The people have to want to, and I'm talking more along the lines of the diversity or lack thereof in beer. Somewhat, people have to want it as much as you know. You can't sit there and say, "Oh, there's not enough Latinos. Or there's not enough African Americans. There's not enough." There are. There's just not as many. But people have to want to be a part of something for it to matter. And I, I, I agree with you, but I but it, I but I it, disagree with you a little bit fundamentally because you said that we need to um, approach those people and they need to approach us. But I think there's a difference between saying we're not exclusive and saying we're welcoming. That's the and, thing. And, and, you and just saying, nailed it. Saying you're not exclusive. That's that's saying we're not going to make labels that portray. Um, Mexican-Americans in a stereotypical way. Right. We're not going to name beers things that make women uncomfortable. That's that's something that we should be doing anyway. That's but a then, But the next thing you do is you're welcoming, you're open. Because, yeah. like, I, I um, years ago, and this is not meant to represent and, you know, be a microcosm, but people would always say, oh, I wish when our salespeople came to town more often, they would sit down and talk with the brewers. And if you are a person who does not engage in the production of beer every day, all day, and think about it on that level, the idea of walking into a conversation with those people who do think about it on that level all day, every day, in the same way that craft beer dorks do, or people who don't identify as dorks but identify as enthusiasts even, they know way more about beer than people who will readily admit they don't. That's an intimidating thing to enter into. So to, to put that onus on them, I think, I think yeah, you have to have people who are interested. Like, I don't, I don't want to, like, go grab people in a supermarket yeah. and be like, Hey, man, you're in the milk aisle. Drink Come my, try beer. my beer. Yep. But at the same time, like, when that guy walks by, I mean, and I'm sure, I'm sure beer sales reps do it when, when you have to stand in a liquor store or stand in a grocery store and sell beer. It's not, it's not anyone's favorite thing to do, but you probably you, you make a quick judgment as people walk by and you're like, I'm not going to ask her if she wants to try beer. She's going to say no. You said no for her. You didn't give yeah. her the opportunity to say I, no. And I, I think that's what the line is, is you have, to, you have to actively seek to welcome people in order to say you're inclusive. And this, this location right here, you guys are right off of Southwest Boulevard, and this is one of the – it is the nicest beer hall in the city right now. I mean, we're in the location for beer right now. There is uh, – Corey had the Kolsch. There are beers here that I know would hit with, uh, you know, people that don't consider themselves craft beer drinkers. Yeah. So – and then that being said, I think, you know, another – you know, great. Uh, somebody should latch onto this, and and Woody has done this. Woody Bonds has done a hip hop uh, yeah. beer festival, which was a hip hop themed beer festival. I think like a like a Latin beer festival with uh, the music, the food that has um, uh, uh, American style lagers, Mexican lagers. Like instead of like you know, you run the opposite of like the the big beer festival, like the high ABV beers. You go and you. You do just uh, gateway type beers, yeah. and you have fruited beers and stuff like that. And you make it a small festival; that shit would kill too. You could partner with uh, Dos Mundos, uh, people that are doing the, and have a Latin beer festival that would introduce people to craft beer. I think that's another million dollar idea. I'm just shooting this shit out yeah. at you because you're you know, right, though. You're yeah, absolutely but, right. But I mean, it, it's these are it's, it's not that difficult to do i think but just uh putting the welcome sign out there and it's not even an outreach or anything it's just saying like 
Yeah, man, we see that you come guys. Come check it out. Yeah, come check it out. It, this You you can I, come here, too. I tell this guy the all the time. Is nice. He should Every come time in, he's you know? drinking a, a, a beer that you would consider, that he should do a post and do it in Spanish and just, like, introduce people to craft beer. And if I could do it, I would totally do it. But um, I think we hit upon that but enough. He, but I hablo espanol and you don't. Yeah. But, you know, I think you're absolutely right. There was a discussion, and the beer that he was talking about was MILF. And uh, people are, are looking at it like if it's a censorship issue. Nobody is censoring mothers on, on calling their shit MILF. It is an internal decision on their part to say they can that they no longer they want. want to. Yeah, that's their. And so if they want to keep calling it MILF, they will. They just chose not to. And I happen to agree with them. Um, we just got a, a couple more questions, and I think one of the hey what's up bro what's up guys hey gang this is keith up here at boulevard uh hanging out hanging out with the guys in 2018 getting a little drunky yeah a little working on it working on it we're talking about diversity in brewing, so. Oh, yes, and Keith is going to be back in 20. You promise you're going to do the podcast again with us, bro? That's my right. We hit the funnest, uh, best podcast with Keith, man, and he did such a, a tremendous job, bro. I holler at you, bro. Thank you, bro. <laughs> Jeremy told me that some folks were coming down to do a podcast. Oh, man, I wish he would have told you. Did he just call us assholes, right? Yeah. He said assholes. It's the LeVar Ball of podcasting right now. <laughs> it became the LeVar Ball of podcasting. I'm not that obnoxious. A little obnoxious. Hey, it's great seeing you, bro. Uh, that's awesome, man. So, Way to digress, Ruben. You know, that was awesome. Well, that was perfect timing, task. man. Perfect timing. Um, so we're done. No, I'm just kidding. Uh <laughs> Uh, just a few more things, man. We'll let you go. Sure. I, are, you, are, you, are you still good? How are oh, you yeah, doing, no, I, got, I got time, dude. We're okay. cool, yeah. Well, um, I got another half hour at least. I was going to talk. I don't think anybody wants to listen to this for that much longer. There's like two more questions. Sure. I, I was to stretch them out. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so we're, we're saying the, 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 you know, that's their prerogative. They want to change it. And I happen to agree with them. And Jeremy if, uh, on Beer Tasting KC also agreed that it's their prerogative to change it. And it probably was never a good idea in the first fucking place. Uh, there, whatever. Call whatever you want. I don't. Yeah. And if the and they can, people, they can call it that. I wish I could. I wish I could get my hands on that because I'm not a part of BK, BTKC. But um, yeah, I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research and. I'll show you. Quit because I mean you broke up with BTKC. Like, um, long don't, time ago. I love okay. those guys. I love those guys. It was just it was a relationship thing between me and Aaron. But, no way. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, go I still, on. I still, right? <laughs> yeah. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna have to. You're gonna need about a 45 minutes. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, forget that. But no, um, I'm actually really curious because as soon as you guys start talking about that, it sounds like are they well, changing the name or they, they, just, they think the it's it's name? ran its course as far as um, they don't they it, think that it's not the time to be having that name anymore, and they think that the the time is coming. Pardon my language, but fuck the times. Right. Grow some balls. It's, it's had that name for how long? But that's their choice. You though. are never going to please everybody, and they're not that trying is one to. One thing I will always stick by: you are never going to please everybody. I think all the time. But everybody that, uh, is always going to have an issue with something. I I so, agree with you, but I do think that it's their choice, they and they agreed. Oh, yeah. To, yeah, yeah, I think they, they just yeah, no, decided. And if it and bothers people, it. because the I don't if, like if, the fact if, they're changing it. No, but, and, and there'll be a lot of people in that camp. There's going to be a lot of people, but this is the thing. Still going to buy it. They can call it whatever The name Milf. Brings to it's it's a name out of pornography. Let's just let's, uh, that's where MILF comes from. It's out of porn, and so 
Maybe they don't want to. Corey is intricately, as LeVar Ball as of LeVar, porn, the LeVar Ball of he porn, is intricately. I'm, glad, I'm so happy my wife will never listen to this because I could never explain it. <laughs> she never will. I know. I'm not worried about it's it. It's like you have like a bingo card and he's like, all right, I, it, time is running out. I've got to say the word porn. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, mark I, it off. I, I never, yes. I yeah. never talk about Casey's porn. The social has said porn. I, I never I, talk about porn. <laughs> I'm Let's not get that in yeah. there. But that's what but that's kind of what what Mil, Milf connotes. And if it and if they if they come to the point that, you know what? We don't want that associ- that association bothers us, change it. It's not it's it's their right to change it. I can understand why they want to change it. If they if they kept it, then that's fine. It's not per, for me personally, it's not going to stop me from buying oh, it. No, no matter yeah, what yeah, they call yeah, it, yeah, no, I'm exactly. going to buy it. That's what I'm saying. I mean, and they can call it, it whatever and they if, want. I'll still and, buy you it. Know, and, and you know, the, the times they are changing, yeah. so we have to kind of factor that in. And if it bo- if it's if it's something that's offensive, we need to maybe be a bit more aware of it. Or woke, as Danner would say. Well, I mean, the thing to remember about um, being offended or the nature of things that are offensive is you don't get to decide what's offensive to someone else. Very true. And for every one person that that voices a concern about something, and not. Not this beer, not anything in particular, but every person who, who voices a concern, you have to wonder how many have not voiced that concern but have thought that and walked away. And, and the thing about craft beer is, like, we want everyone to make craft beer. We want everyone to, to make great craft beer. We want them to market it in a way that's appealing. Um, and that's why, like, this is not 100% on, on, on topic, but we, whenever a new brewery opens up, we offer them lab services to test their beer and taste it because we want them to make great beer. And we want someone to say... Oh, I, I like craft beer, but if your first craft beer experience is um, with a name, and and I I don't think the the name that we're talking I, about is is that bad, but it's not yeah. that great either. Right. What, what I what I there are worse examples. Yeah, there are far, and I I'll show you a website after this that I can't talk about that has some terrible beer names, and and those are beer names I would not talk about with my grandma. But if if people look at whatever and go, oh, this is what craft beer is about, maybe I don't want to be involved. I think. Right. It needs to be part of a bigger discussion with the you industry. Want your, you want your name, not only of your brewery, but you want your beer name to represent that beer, your company. You want to have a positive, you know, yeah. influence. When, you don't want to. You don't want to have somebody see something negative without even ever having tried it, right? Or you know, ever even having heard of the brewery. Like, and when you, yeah, like when you, when you buy beer and you take it home and you put it in your fridge, you say, "I believe in this." And and I like. One of the things I've said many times is I applaud their reaction to this. To me, their their immediate reaction it was quick, it was well worded, it was well thought out, it was it was swift. To me, it communicated this was something they had already thought about. So so good for them. And Morgan like Morgan, said, more who's like the Kansas City rep of uh, Mother, she she gave me some shirts that say Mother's on. And my, my wife loves to wear it. You know, Mother's Brewing. It's like cool. It's like she gave them some great. to my my mother in law. I don't think she would have been as enthusiastic for the the MILF T-shirt, you know what I mean? Sure. But, but you know, and, and uh, so there's that aspect of it. Like they, they have this great uh, branding opportunity, I think, in in that, that that appeals to you know a segment that you know craft brewing hasn't maybe appealed to yeah. so much, you know, and mothers and stuff. And it's a, just a great label. I know that uh, Joel Scar. He got the um, neon sign because it reminded him of his mom. You know what I mean? And you know, I mean that—that's the power of that kind of branding, as far as like mothers go. If it, it, it's a great idea, and and that is a little bit distracting from it. You know that that specific beer sucks that it happens to be 
their best fucking beer. It's beers. a great beer, yeah. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, we, we all grow up. I mean, if you look at yeah. if you look at things that Boulevard did or said in the first five years of business, they're probably things that we Danner didn't say that we wouldn't do now. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's just part of growing up as a as a brewery, um, as people. You know, That's like right. the owners are five years older, um, the employees are five years older, the industry's five years older. So I mean. Things change. And hopefully, like you were talking about, like, uh, internet etiquette, hopefully that even develops a little bit. Like, maybe we're just going through a, (laughs) we're not just, you know, not just the negative. Like, maybe people are developing even that, you know, we're going through something where that even is is something that we need to. We forget that our our words we use have meanings. And on, on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or anywhere where there's anonymity, we can liken it to walking we're walking through the dark with a really sharp stick and just poking that stick out there until we hear someone say, ouch. And we're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't walk in the dark with pointy sticks, man. Maybe we should walk a little a little more softly and, and not be quite so pointed in our communications with folks we don't know. Yeah. Well, if that, you can't tell them to their face, that's a, a, no longer, yeah. Nothing is no longer hearsay. Once it's out there, yeah. it is there. If you're not, matter, yeah. if you post, delete, all it takes is that one screenshot. Forever and, one and ever. Person, and it's, it's solid. So... It's, and if you're not willing, like, to, you know, whoever yeah, you want on your shoulder, whether it's LeVar Bell or the founder Ball, of Bruce, LeVar Ball, <laughs> goddammit, or, or John McDonald. Or John McDonald, man, on your shoulder. And he's heavy to carry, you're not especially after to say two it in and front a half of beers. Him. All right, so a couple <laughs> of final questions. Though. I need to find out what John weighs to make that <laughs> analogy. I'll fill you in a second, Mike, yeah. <laughs> um, market saturation. Micro versus macro. The trend towards wine and spirits, which we've. You know, it's been covered, you know, that millennials love wine. They love spirits. Not not, not digging the beer so much. As, really? You know, Is that how trend. old I am that I'm a generation? I yeah, yeah. Everyone you don't know beer. anything about it. I'm, in, I'm in with the cool crowd. I'm with, millennials now, I'm dude. with the young yeah. guys. They all know me. Ruben, yeah. what's up? Millennial king? No, I'm just kidding. No, so <laughs> what's the biggest obstacle uh, for beer right now? I mean, as far as that, that generational gap goes or what, what people identify with, I think... No, um, just in your opinion, like, what do you think is, like, the biggest obstacle for beer right now that you see as a trend that needs to be addressed? I think, this is going to sound weird, but I think beer has this odd self-defeating attitude. I think everyone in beer is so concerned about the the bubble bursting and when's, the, when's it going to slow down, when's the fallout going to happen, and it's like... Um, it's like if there's this super hunky dude who's, like, really fit and dashing and perfect teeth. Ruven. He looked it, at it, me it, when he said yeah, it. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Look how thick his hair is. I know. Right? It's, um, I'm, I'm, I'm blown away. Got a set of hair on him. But it's like, it's, like this, it's like this guy standing in front of you being like, am I pretty? And you're like, yeah, dude, you're pretty. But craft beer, we, we need to keep asking ourselves, I are we pretty? I just don't believe in myself. Right. You know, and, no. and people ask, are there? Uh, yeah, you do. I, I read a thread recently on a local forum where someone, they declared, the craft beer scene in Kansas City to be dead, which is yeah. laughable. As another brewery opens yeah. up. It's a bad yeah. time to start a freaking beer podcast, man. Why are you even here, guys? I mean, it's, it's yeah. We should close the tourism direction. Ah, I mean, fuck it. 2018, done. It's really early to say, but that might be the silliest take I'm going to see all year, is that craft beer is dead because we have, we have more beer than we've ever had before. There are more breweries than we've ever had before. And, um, no, and more coming. Yeah, no one, yes. no one is talking online about, like, are there too many barbecue joints in Kansas City? Are there too many muffler shops? Are there too many baseball teams in the, the United States? The is about to open up that Latino market for you guys. Dude, no, I'm serious. Like, that, that's, and, and that's what people <laughs> think is big. They think, like, the, um, like making, making beer and catering to Latinos in a, 
in a non-condescending, non-patronizing way. I mean, that, that's what you have to do. You have to figure out ways to include people that aren't playing on, you know, cartoon stereotypes. But, but I think right now our, our biggest obstacle is ourselves because we have this, this weird self-defeating thing like, when's the bottom going to drop out? And I, I fucking love that answer, bro. I love that shit, bro. That's like, like Chiefs fans in a nutshell as well, dude. You, come yes. on, do you have a self-defeating yeah. attitude going into kinda, it? No, but Pat, you know, Pat Mahomes is going to fix everything. Yeah. To kind of touch on what you said, um, me personally, as much as I love craft beer, I like trying different beer, I like going out of the way, traveling to St. Louis with my boys to go to the side project. Oh, that was my next question. Like I was going to hit on you well, with that. That's well, your question. But to touch on what Danner said, um, one of the things in my personal opinion that is a huge obstacle that a lot of people will probably disagree on is every single brewery feels like they have to one-up the next one or come out with the next big thing or, you know, oh, okay, you did this with you know, coconut. Well, I'm going to do it with coconut and Reese's. Oh yeah. Well, guess what? You did it with that. I'm going to throw some butterfingers some on top fucking of what marshmallows you did. in that. Bitch. And the thing is, is that it becomes so disgusting. <laughs> no, seriously. To put it to put it lightly, it's because you have so many breweries that are constantly trying to one up each other, and all you're doing is you're chasing around this one time limited beer. And I can't either, believe you see. He's the one either, saying this. I was. It, it either. It either becomes just completely overdone you get it one time and you hate it and you just spent all this money then you have a negative and you know a negative thought you're like well shit i don't want to do that next time they have one of these because it tastes like crap it just that part of the market is becoming so completely saturated that will be something that kills craft craft beer in a way as far as that goes um, and yeah, me saying that of all people because I mean yeah, well, I like my marshmallow fluffs. Because I have my final follow up like question for that. I'm gonna let him chime in on what you just said because I think there was a lot to digest there. And then I have the final question. Then we'll let. No, I have the final final question. Is it on the list? Bar? No, it's not on the list. Oh. Damn it, Corey. But, but I'm gonna. Hey, <laughs> there's two questions. Do I ever disappoint? I just wanted to touch on the girlfriend effect because remember when we talked about that last? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Danner. <laughs> about the, the girlfriend effect. Oh, oh my god! That's pressure. why you don't. You need no, to listen to the podcast. Had, like, bro. I'm, I'm married, but I haven't had a girlfriend in 16 years. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is in, this is in uh, reference to beer. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? No, no, I know. Um, I, I mean, like the dessert stout or the pastry stout. Yeah, pastry stout and, and the one upping. I mean, I think um, I think that's happening because that's what gets attention and people like that, and it makes. Um, you look at a picture of a mash tun that has a bunch of Oreos or waffles or um, I, I saw a brewer is making a beer with uh, waffle cones and rainbow sprinkles. And I'm just like, what's the, I mean, like, what's the fermentability of rainbow sprinkles? Like, what, what, are, what are they adding? Like, do you have to, like, one of the things I do for our brewery is uh, TTB compliance when we have a beer that has a weird ingredient that requires a formula. I have to submit a formula. You basically tell them everything you put in, where you put it, how you did it. And I'm like, like. I have to, like, find a source for rainbow sprinkles and, like, like, yeah, like, do you guys have an FIDS sheet for rainbow sprinkles? And, like, what's your TTB drawback number? And it's it's crazy, man. I mean, those beers are good. But, I mean, for me, and, and I think this kind of goes to our philosophy on, on whiskey barrel-aged beer. Like, if you want a banana split, just go get one, dude. You can buy one at Dairy Queen <laughs> or Sonic. And it's going to be a banana split. Baskin Robbins. Or Baskin Robbins, yeah. Put it in your stout. Pour, yeah, pour dude. your stout over it. And put it in your stout or drink it with your stout. 
But if you want, if you like with our whiskey barrel dark beers, truth. if you want, yeah, yeah I should have named one of our beers. Yeah, dark truth. Yeah, good. Um, I got your back, bro. Brought to you by Boulevard Brewing Company. Yeah. <laughs> but if you want whiskey, drink whiskey. You know, if you want beer that um, showcases how those flavors can interact with that beer, drink a Boulevard Imperial Stout or whatever. But I mean, it, it's still fun, man. And I think anything that gets more people thinking about craft beer who hadn't before in a positive light, I, I think that's a good thing. That's fucking solid answer, bro. My final question, and I think that uh, Liberty will have, but then Corey has his LeVar Ball question. No, I have my final, final, All right, final, so, final. I mean, it's, I, I label this question, do you even whales, bro? I do and, whales, and, bro. And, and it's like the KC <laughs> beer nerd community, which I say lovingly to all the, like, KC, beer tasting KC, what up, dog? And uh, all of my friends, they give me so much shit over my love of Boulevard and Kolsch's and Pilsner's, and it's like, do you even whales, bro? So I'm going to just open up that question to you, bro. Do you even whales, bro? I whale so hard, Where is Boulevard in the whole whales conversation? I don't know, man. Somebody, somebody once asked me, um, how come Boulevard doesn't make rare beer? And I said, because we make enough that everyone who wants to try our beer can. We, oh, we, we brew to order based on amounts requested by our distributors. And then with the recently introduced Brew House 1 series, we're, we're trying to make enough beer that people, if, if they want to come down and try it, can. And I think you create value by the number of people allowed to enjoy something versus the number of people who are not allowed to enjoy something. And I, I think that's where Walesboro comes in is, like, people want to know bottle counts or case counts. And the bottle count, to me, tells you as much about the beer as the, the EBC or the SRM does. What, what matters is what the beer tastes like and if you liked it or not. And there will be beers like um, One Love or Requiem for a Pancake based solely on the amount of barrels we're able to acquire. Uh, one Love was fantastic. Thanks, man. I, I like the beer a lot. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I had that beer in my fridge at Thanksgiving. My wife told me I had to pull whiskey barrel stout off tap because people would die. But I had that beer That's in my fridge, and everyone pulled One Love like as their first beer. And then they're like, oh, you're making Manhattans? I'll have that. So it's like, we could have just drank whiskey barrel stout. But I, I do Walesboro, and I think Boulevard Walesboro. But I think the difference is... Um, I mean, I, I think, like, what does scarcity taste like? What does rarity taste like is the question. Uh, two years ago at GABF, a guy came up, and um, I love pouring at GABF. You get to talk to people who are, like, super excited about beer, and people are super excited about getting drunk, and both are a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> but a guy asked me, he's like, which beer that you have right now is the most rare? And I said, man, right now to you, none of these beers are rare because I will literally pour you as much as you want of every single one of them. None of these beers are which rare. Which I like. That's my kind yeah, of but beer. I mean, like yes. I, I had saison bread, I had love child. I mean, I had really cool stuff, but I think, I, I mean, and I, I get it. I know there are breweries who, through capacity constraints or the amount of raw materials they're able to source, or their schedule, or the size of their tanks or their brew house, this is only this is the amount they can make, and, and that that is what it is. But like, we want to be very careful and sensitive to building hype because I, I believe that hype is something that exists in the mind of the consumer. And if we clearly and accurately state intent of our beer and you enjoy that bottle and it's an accurate execution of stated intent, I think that's a good beer. But the the rarity or the scarcity, you guys played D&D, didn't you? Yeah, I know you did, dude. Yeah, I mean, I played, I played D&D too. And, like, scarcity and rarity are, and, like, the level of difficulty required to get that beer, those are multipliers in a, in a rating. And like we talked about earlier, the, the five-year-old whale like, nobody's going to open this, like, okay, so I traded these two beers to this guy to get these beers. That no I then matter traded, how bad it is, it's yeah, going to be good. But I then traded with the, I worked so damn hard to get these beers, of course it was awesome. So I think 
Like, Wales, bro, isn't indicative of quality, bro. Okay, this is the... There's a lot of rambling. Very good answer, though. But this is the most important question, oh. I think. So is, says LeVar. This is the final final. The final is Hosmer signing with the Royals? Oh, God, I hope so, dude. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah. I don't know, dude. I mean, people... People, it's, it's guy, he's got to do it soon. Fuck, yeah. Corey. I tried people, to high-five him. Um, he didn't even notice. No, it's it's funny. Like, um, There's a guy who works here who's always like, so what do you know, man? And I'm like, I don't know Hosmer. <laughs> like, like, I know I know his girlfriend, well, but I don't, act, I don't know him. You act like he's You like, know his girlfriend. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know Casey? I do. They got back together. I thought they broke I know. up. No, no, no. They've been together a long okay. time again. Yeah, yeah. Because the rumor was that they broke up. No, here we are having boys boys talk. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So the rumor was that they moved and they broke up. No, that's not true. Okay. Um, but people assume, like, I know things, and I'm like, yeah, I go to a lot of games, but, like, I'm just a fan, too. Um, <laughs> but I, dude, I, I would, love, I would love for Hosmer to sign Jeremy back. Danner. And, and Eric Hosmer, if you're listening to this. No one will love you like we'll love you. I think, I think um, it's uh, with the amount of money that's on the table right now. If, if he does not awesome. sign no, here, here's the deal: go if, fuck yourself. If, if dude signs here and has a productive rest of his career, he gets a statue in the yeah, outfield. For sure, yes. he absolutely gets a statue. Come on, in the where outfield. else are you going to do? And, and, I, he, and I have he gets giant free. goosebumps saying that to you. Guys. And, yeah, he does, yeah. and it's a and little creepy. Prickly. Yeah, it is creepy. A little no, creepy. If he signs I got goosebumps too after I saw your goosebumps. Is that weird? No, he signs here. He gets a statue. And he gets beer at Boulevard if he comes to the beer hall. And hey, just no, I, mean, I will name. go on record as like, you can have my beer card every month, dude. Like, there you go. Any final thoughts, Incentive brother? Incentive to resign. I don't know. I um I did um I, I did a podcast recently with um with fermented beverage out of Philadelphia, and I, I get asked a lot for like my final thought on a podcast, and I think my my final thought's always the same, and I'm going to keep saying it because I think it's important. Is that um. Like, beer is this amazing, beautiful, complex thing that I care about a lot, like a whole lot. It, it pays the bills 100% in, in my, my household. My wife is the director of beer for a restaurant group here in town. Beer is our life, but, like, it's also just beer. And I think, um, like, the, the one message I want to send to people is to be cool. Um, we talked earlier about my, my moment where I was talking about drinking a pale ale at a bar and the guy drinking a Coors Light. I'm like, man, what's this jack wagon doing? Like, no one is going to drink what we view as better beer because we tell them they're stupid or they have bad taste or they're doing the wrong thing. So turn your friends on to good beer. Turn your neighbors on to good beer. When appropriate, turn strangers on to good beer. But, like, just be cool. Is like, If I could just – I want I want to say that every freaking day about beer. Like, just be nice about beer. And I think the rest will kind of take care of itself. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Be cool, fool. Yeah. Well, Corey, we just turned into pumpkin. Say goodbye, Corey. Goodbye, Corey.